Hello, and welcome to Objective Health. I am your host today, Erica, and joining me in the virtual studio is Doug, Elliot, and behind the scenes is Damien. Welcome Hello. all. Hello. Hello. So today we're going to talk about the new, I shouldn't say new, the globalist control of food. What's happening in the food world? How does it affect all of us, whether you're in the US or Europe or Africa and India? So we've been following this, me personally, for a long time, just seeing what types of things are happening in the food system. We've covered GMOs extensively. And uh, so there's a lot to be shared here. We'll do our best to just kind of touch on the most important aspects. But um, if you've been reading SOT and following the alternative news, there's been a lot of destruction happening with food processing plants, particularly in the US, um, mysterious burning down of uh, food processing plants, uh, fires. I think even one was like a plane crash into yeah. a food supplier. Um, one of them that kind of caught my eye was uh, raw, the largest raw milk producer in the country, Raw Farm, which is a pretty controversial issue still to this day that kind of goes unnoticed, the ability to get milk from farmers that's not processed and pasteurized. So is it some big, dare we say, conspiracy? Are they trying to limit the food supply? And then we're having supply chain issues, breakdowns and whatnot. So as a farmer, um, I try and keep up on the pulse of all these things. And the future of food is looking ominous. So we've talked about Schmeet in the past, and it's still uh, kind of coming with not a lot of acceptance, but uh, it's there and it's happening and they're doing it. And you're seeing it more and more in the stores. Every time I see it, I'm like, I cannot believe people are buying into this. But for those that are not into that option, um, you know, how are you going to get your food in the future if these processing plants aren't able to deliver to grocery stores? What's going to be the solution? Well, big biotech and investment companies like BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard are putting a lot of money into different types of production of food. And one of them is vertical farming, which is something that's really fascinating and interesting. Um, you can control climate, you can control bugs and pesticides and you know maybe even energy efficiency, but it's all using high tech to do it. And I can't even remember a show we did a couple of years ago about 5G um, and the future of farming and how robots will grow your food and everything will be AI generated. Well, it looks to me like this is what they're kind of promoting. This is where people like Bill Gates are investing a lot of their money um, in the US too. There's billions of dollars being granted through the US Farm Bill that was established in 2018 to fund these alternatives. And um, it's, you know, I always look at it with an eye of like, well, who can afford to do that, right? Because it's not your old school ranchers and farmers that did things, save seed and, you know, plow the fields and all that. But this is whole new sense of control. And 
the one thing that's pretty eerie about it all is you can grow lettuce with heirloom seeds, no problem, but they're really putting that CRISPR-9 technology in the whole plan of how you can, you know, select for traits and genetic breeding and, you know, so what do you guys think? I mean, those images are pretty impressive. You can grow a lot of yeah. food. For it, a lot I mean, of it people. is, that's the thing. It is, it is impressive. Like the, the, the fact that they've got these, you know, warehouses, the size of like Costco's in the middle of an urban environment, and they can be growing like fresh vegetables and stuff like that. The thing is, the reason I think is that, that it's ominous is that it seems like they're working at both sides of the equation at once, right? It's kind of like there's all these things like processing plants exploding and all this other kind of stuff. You've got supply chain issues. You've got the whole green agenda and how cow farts are destroying everything. So they're they're like, they're really hitting all this traditional farming really hard. And then on the other side of things, they've got this vertical farming. They've got the CRISPR-Cas9 technology. They've got Schmeet the like lab grown meat kind of thing that seems to be coming down the pipe. So it seems like they're creating this problem that's going to probably reach crisis levels at some point um, very soon, actually, when we're talking about supply chain and that kind of thing, like that, those, those that's coming very soon. And it's like, all of a sudden, like, you know, these solutions, they're working on those at the same time. So it's like, it's almost like they're just going to like, whoosh, okay, make the switch, flip the switch. Now everybody gets their food from where we say they get their food. And um, yeah, I think it's ominous. Um, despite the fact that vertical farming is very cool, um, you know, I wanna have a choice. I still wanna support a farmer. I still wanna be able to, you know, go out and see a cow and actually, you know, meet my meat before I eat it. But um, the other thing that I thought was kind of interesting too, I mean, in that, um, article did you mention the article erica i, did. I, I didn't sorry. okay the article was called it's from the solari report called new controlled food system is now in place and they will stop at nothing to accelerate their control and they mentioned the whole thing about bill gates now i think he's like the the largest farmland owner in all of the u.s if i'm not mm -hmm. mistaken mm -hmm. and you know people are kind of like well why is he buying up all this farmland if you know they're trying to move everything into like vertical farming and genetic engineering and all this kind of stuff well nobody says he's going to use it for farming right if he owns all this land all this farmland he doesn't have to use that for farming he could just like you know put housing developments on it or something like that he could do whatever he wants with it and then they're kind of like oh well we need we we need to start doing all these other uh, solutions because uh there's no farmland left and he probably didn't want it to get out that he bought all that farmland but it did Two hundred and forty-two thousand acres and i don't know if people can really wrap their mind around that but it's in all these different states too so it's like this is not just one state like for people that may not know in the US, like California produces 50% of the food for the United States, just California, right? And they have water shortages and fires and political instability and all these things. So he was not only buying that 242,000 acres in one state, it's in every state. So it's every industry. He also bought the railroad going into Canada or like invested in it. So, you know, I mean, again, it's almost like we talked about with the World Health Organization. It's it's he is like putting his pieces on the chessboard to completely encircle everyone. 
you know, I mean, because as we know, you can't, you know, exercise your way out of bad health or you, you, you know, your, the food is your medicine. And if Bill Gates or whoever else decides what you can eat, then your health is directly related to that. So. Yeah, it seems as though the problem is, is it's going to be monopolized, right? right? It's like, it's like everything. It's like the concept by itself is neither good nor bad. I mean, imagine uh, being able to use much less land, much less space and being able to pr- produce good quality food if that is possible, if, if it's possible. Uh, that's, that's not a bad thing in and of itself. It's who it falls into the hands of, right? And what we see is the same key players. You know, you've got like Monsanto, Bayer, you've got uh, a bunch of other like biotechnology companies, which are basically worth millions, hundreds of millions, if not billions, you know, these, these are like big players who are investing in this, right? And these people generally do not have the health of the population as a, as a priority. Like they generally don't care about that kind of thing. If you look at their values, the ethics, ethics, um, they, they, their, their business is making money. And is that bad per se? Well, if it causes damage to people who think that they're doing the right thing, who, who, who are dependent on a good food supply, um, then, then yeah, it's bad. As we see, for instance, with the glyphosate, with the, uh, with the genetically modified crops and whatnot. Um, overall, the concept in and of itself is like we've spoken about this CRISPR technology, the genetic engineering, um, the, the gene editing technologies that they've been working on. It's like if it was in the, the right hands, it could probably serve humanity. But when you're looking at uh, someone like Bill Gates or who, whoever else is involved in this, who is warning of, like we spoke about in last week's show, warning of future pandemics. And we've got all of these other kind of pieces of the puzzle falling into place. It's very convenient that whilst we're seeing uh, potential supply chain issues, uh, and we've probably not even seen the start of that yet, right? From the lockdowns, from the economic sanctions, et cetera. It's like... Uh, it's a little bit convenient that all of a sudden, you know, they've, they've already like, they, they were thinking ahead, right? They were thinking ahead. It's like, they've got all of the solutions in place, like all of them in place, or at least they, they, they would like to think that they have, and they've probably tried to. Uh, and I, I mean, one of, so the article that we're talking about, it mentions um, this, uh, this, consortium it's called the precision indoor plants consortium uh public slash private partnership consisting of indoor growers breeders and genetics companies so there's a bunch of different companies and they they talk about what their focus is on five key crops (laughs) i mean if you look at it like it's lettuce tomatoes strawberries cilantro and blueberries like realistically that is not going to be able that's not a meal (laughs) (laughs) i mean even for the vegans right even for the vegans that is not a substantial that's not a way to like subsist uh, the population can't subsist on that right They, they can't eat that so at the moment i mean there's probably other projects but particularly like those projects which are worth however many billion uh it's kind of very much convenience food right salad basically salad and salad. some berries Get some berries yeah yeah salad and some berries yeah i mean it's, it's, it's like weird that philanthropy on that list i know 
Yeah. So at the moment, I mean, maybe it's the case that, that, I mean, we don't know where they currently are with it now, right? Uh, that was back in 2019. And that's just one consortium, right? What I'm trying to say is, is that although they're putting the things in place, is it necessarily in a, in a position where it can, um, where it can produce a significant portion of food? Uh, I don't know. Um, but there's also the question of, okay, is it even intended to feed the entire population? Is it even intended to feed a significant portion of the population? Or in fact, is it intended, you know, are they foreseeing some something that is occurring in the future, which may not actually involve the vast majority of people? I mean, if we look at kind of like the, uh, what is it, the Agenda 2030 uh, and the Great Reset, I mean, a lot of those plans and 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 the 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 theories moving forward let's say of the elites is that there might not be that many people left uh so what they're anticipating who knows whether it's going to be a genuine pandemic next time who knows uh but maybe this is 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 also part of that maybe they you know putting things in place that if there are major droughts if there are major um environmental changes then there's also some 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 way of growing food uh, for the people who are left over. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. But also too, and again, I'll put on my tinfoil hat about this. But uh, you know, the Schmidt thing didn't fly probably as well as they had hoped for. So they got to have a plan B. And uh, you know, they <laughs> two years ago it, we did a show about Project Salus, which is this AI tech based to monitor and track every single coffee bean. We'll just use it as, as, as an example. And uh, I remember when we did this show, I was like, well, as a farmer, logistically, like that's almost impossible. Like I grow cilantro. I can't track every cilantro leaf that I grow and sell at the market. But if you have a facility where all this stuff is being grown vertically and you're using CRISPR-9 technology and the genetics of the plant are tagged and you just run whatever, run an RFID reader over. I mean, it's endless possibilities. Then all of a sudden, uh, Project Salus seems feasible for the mm -hmm. future. And I, I wouldn't be saying this if there wasn't the other side of the story, which is the fact that regenerative farming is becoming more popular, especially in the alternative farming world as a solution to monocropping or, you know, farm raised CAFO foods or whatever. So you have this whole movement of people that are starting to say, you know, have a cow, like Doug said, have your own cow, then you can have your own raw milk and all these things. But if there's rules and regulations, and I can tell you personally, the rules and regulations for a small farmer are enormous hurdles, huge financial investments. And then with any type of farming, significant loss based on weather, or disease or blight or whatever. So if you eliminate these small guys, you just do away with the old time farmers and you're left with this is your only solution then that the moving forward, that will be the only solution for people, right? And, you know, not to use Bill Gates as a prime example, but he is. I mean, he tried to do this in India and, or sorry, not India, in Africa, and it failed miserably. 
And we don't hear about that agra, it was called. But then before that in India, it was the green revolution. That failed miserably. So they know that the GMO food thing is not going to save humanity. So they have to kind of change their narrative and get people more accustomed. And this can take years. I mean, look, GMO has been on the market for 20 years. You have to start acclimating people to the fact that the, the farm and the ranchers, they're dirty, their cows fart, they're ruining the environment. Yeah. And this is going to save you. And we see this in some articles that we have to share today. One is about this Amish farmer. Do you want to cover it, Dave? Or Dave, excuse me. I just called you my husband's name. Apologize for that. I'm flattered. I'm flattered. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, basically, this is a story. And, you know, we've heard stories like this before. Uh, an Amish farmer uh, is facing $250,000 in fines, uh, jail time, and losing his sustainable farm for processing his own meat. And it's basically, he started a a club as a way of getting around USDA regulations, right? And you've heard of this kind of thing before where they have, um, you know, a raw milk uh, kind of thing where the... Everybody, uh, it's cow share. That's what it's called, the cow share, where everybody buys a share in a cow, um, and then it's their cow, so they're allowed to drink their their own cow's milk. That's that's something that's allowed, and they don't have to be subject to uh, USDA regulations. Well, he started a private club where people could buy meat from him directly, and he was shipping it all over the country. Um, but you know, the USDA caught wind of it, um, basically because he's probably the biggest guy who's doing it. Um, and he's an Amish guy who's, you know, slaughtering like one cow a week or something like that and like sending the, the meat out to uh, different people around the country. Um, well, the USDA doesn't like that because he is slaughtering on its own property. Because if he sends it to a USDA certified facility, they douse it in chemicals, which is completely antithetical to what he wants to do and what his customers would like to have, understandably so. Um, and apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently uh, the USDA does this with all meat that they process. So all meat in the U.S. is doused in chemicals. It was like citrus acid and like uh, there's a few other ones as well that I can't remember off the top of my head. But, but you know, not nice stuff to have on your meat if you want to have like clean organic meat. Uh, so anyway, now they've hauled him in front of the court a couple of times. Um, they've given him these fines, which he hasn't paid. Um, yeah. So and they're, they're using him as an example. Yeah. See, if you think that you're going to like, you know, slaughter your own cow, they did the same thing to Joe Salatan, the lunatic farmer. And, you know, they, they use these people as examples. Don't even think about it. Right. Like it's just better off. You just move on and just start eating your schmeat or whatever. You know, yeah. I mean, and most people think, well, that's a small story. It doesn't really matter, but it, it's a marker moment for anybody especially young people that might want to go into ranching or farming like well unless you've got unlimited funds like you just can't compete and the u.s is an ex a great example of just again regulation for the small guy and then a free-for-all for the big corporations no yeah. accountability you know what i mean and um it just speaks to the fact that in the US and I know in Europe for you guys too, like small family farms are what sustain people in times of food insecurity and even economic and financial insecurity. 
You know, if you can at least get to know your neighbor, or have something in your environment, then you, you know, if you get your funds cut off, maybe you don't go to Walmart, you know, but it seems that the, it's just an assault on all fronts. Yeah. So, and it's, it's basically, you know, taking food. I mean, already like all processed food is what owned by like 10 companies eight or something companies. like that. Eight companies. Yeah. I think there was an infographic in that. In that oh yeah. And in the was, first article yeah. we talked about, I don't know if you can find that Damien, it's just a chart of all the, the corporations that yeah. own everything. It's a, yeah, yeah, there it is. It's a pretty common one. I mean, I've seen that float around in social media and stuff like that before, but, um, and basically, you know, these, the, the perspective of these companies is probably that those small scale farmers are eating into our business. You know, mm -hmm. we are, you know, we need to expand more because they need to, they always have to expand more. They can't, they can't stop expanding. And, you know, they've probably capped out at this point, you know, the, they've gotten as many people as they could possibly get eating their food. But then there's that untapped market of people who still want for some strange reason, fresh food from, <laughs> you know, farmer's markets and things like that. They want to be able to eat, um, you know, food like their ancestors ate. It's, it's crazy. These people are crazy, but it's an untapped market. I mean, what I'm basically trying to say is that this is all about control, right? These people mm -hmm. are going to be happy until every corner of the entire food system is owned by them, right? And the idea that some nutcases out there want to eat fresh food is antithetical to their goals, right? So they are probably trying to find ways to force people's hands, right? I mean, this mm -hmm. is kind of what we're getting at here. We don't know if the food plants that are blowing up is actually because of that. It could possibly be, you know, a coincidence, but there was something like 20 of them since the beginning of the year. A bit of a stretch to call it a coincidence, but maybe. Um, the food uh, supply chain issues, you know, I guess we don't know for sure that those are engineered, but they kind of seem like they are. Um, there's quite a bit of evidence to suggest that they are pushing this stuff on purpose. So basically what it seems like is happening is that they are forcing people's hands, right? They're forcing people to adopt the measures that they want them to adopt so that the entire food system is completely controlled. Like you were mentioning, Erica, Project Salus, everything tracked from beginning to end, seed to plate, the whole thing. So yeah, we might be sitting on the cusp of this and we may live to see a future where we don't actually have a choice. Right. Yeah. And with the gas prices now, so if it wasn't stressful enough, you know, you just add. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it seems as though <clears throat> it seems as though we're moving towards a situation where where um, where there's a monopoly on on basically every aspect of life, right? Every everything that human beings participate in, everything that they do, everything that they consume is kind of governed mass produced by some major multinational conglomerate right and they're making it difficult more difficult to remain independent of that on all fronts right that applies to medicine that applies to food that applies to information 
I mean, it's the same concept that they're applying basically across the board uh, with, with regards to everything. And yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's very obviously um, a, a drive to, to exert the utmost control, absolute control. Whether they are even capable of doing that, I, I'm not sure. That remains to be seen. Um, they think but they it can. seems as yeah, they, they, they think that they can. And I think when when you look at the kind of people who are who are driving these these plans, um it's it's the same types who are behind the monopolization of everything else, you know. And I don't mean to I don't think it's just Bill Gates, but Bill Gates is a good example of the type of person who, whether he's a useful idiot, you know, whether he actually believes what he says, he believes that he's serving humanity for whatever reason, um, even though he's, he's, he's not. Um, it seems as though there are groups of individuals or yeah, who, who, who seek complete control and, you, you just have to look at really, like I said, every, every, every aspect of life now. Uh, and it seems as though we're moving towards a tipping point. So whether it will, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's something out of uh, 1984, right? Georgia was 1984, Brave New World. That seems as though the reality we're moving towards. And that's not even factoring in the whole uh, transhumanist agenda as well. It's the similar types who are pushing for that as well. Complete monopolization of your brain. You know, um, well, and yeah. it's money too. It's money. It's a lot of money. I mean, you know, read through that article for those that are interested. There's a lot of videos in there, but the and we're talking billions and billions and billions of dollars. So, you know, in an investment portfolio, it's like, well, you know, this is the future. You can invest. You can make all this money, and then it's kind of got that whole feel good thing to it too. Oh, look, you're doing these great things. You're, you know, you're revolutionizing the future of food. And um, so, so there's a lot of money at play too. That's why I think, you know, Bill Gates is, gets uh, the attention of that because as a philanthropist, you know, he's doing good, but he's making a lot of money doing it, you know, and, uh, and people are, are interested in that, you know, uh, because the financial system is unstable. So if they could, make money off of something that's going to give them future profits. Why not? You know, it's the cost of doing business, but unfortunately it's the people that pay the price, you know, um, again, you know, 85% of the food that people eat now is genetically modified in some way. So, and you, there's awareness about it, but it's, it's not changing. It's not going away as we know, they're just moving into animals and humans now as Elliot said you know maybe in the future your life will depend on having certain foods that have that CRISPR-9 technology in it or you won't survive you know I mean I know that's a dystopian view but just watch the uh, movie from the 1970s called Soylent Green and that will give you a pretty good intention you know indication of for a sci-fi movie I mean we're we're seeing it happen. Yeah. It's not humans yet, but <laughs> no. it's coming down the pipe. Yeah. So as with all these topics, they seem to be pretty open-ended. We don't know. There could be a shift. People are definitely becoming more aware. I think that uh, 
you know, the last two years has woken a lot of people up to the potential, as we've shared many times, to be a little proactive in your future and plan ahead and, you know, do the things that you need to do to support your family and friends, whether that's canning food or raising your own animals or raising your own food. But um, one way or another, they want this agenda to go through, and that's why they're putting so much money into it. If it were a lost cause, you know, like, again, the regenerative farming thing, like you see little stories about it here and there, but it's not this big company on the stock exchange that's investing and buying up. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys don't have anything else to share. Um, again, that uh, article that we shared is very long and lengthy, but uh, there's a lot of really kind of disturbing information in there for those that may want to know about it and what to expect and how to support people that are maybe doing something a little bit different. Anything else, guys? Nope. All right. Well, uh, for that, cheers. Enjoy your dinner for this evening. <laughs> it's, it's not the future of food that we're uh, talking about here. Do something delicious and nutritious. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Damien, for holding it down behind the scenes. Couldn't have done that without those startling images so people can get a visual of what's what the future may hold so no problem all right until next time thank you please like share and uh check in again in the future bye, -bye. see ya bye